Morrison here, our amazing scientist over at twiland.info. Do donate to her, uh, her site because she puts in an amazing amount of work to try to collate this information in a digestible way. And usually we do either after the uh, show, most commonly on Saturday or on Sunday we'll do a kind of a video, usually anywhere between 45 minutes and an hour plus to kind of show all the pictures and, and live, you know, called motion video that explains and charts exactly the, the complex science of dealing with things like pandemics, earth changes, climate issues, etc., crony capitalism, and, and, and so on. And I'm sure today you have lots of interesting things to cover. Let's hit the high points, uh, Anne, and let's rock and roll. Um, I, your volume is very low. Oh, okay, they'll turn it up from uh, the studio. Yeah, Dan will take care of that, so... He, he, he determines what sound level goes back to you on the phone. Dan, have you got the volume back up? Yes, thank you. Okay, that's good. Now you can hear me, right? Yes. Perfect. That's a good thing. Better to complain that's not here. <laughs> 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 there you go. Uh, okay, and so let's start off at the top. What's your most important issues? Of course, usually we start off with things like Zeke and H7N9. Are those on your radar today? Well, not Zika so much. Um, I did want to talk about H seven N nine. It's wow. in uh, Kentucky and Alabama have both reported the H seven N nine in commercial flocks. Whoa. So so it's spreading and uh, they don't have they don't know why. They don't know how it's spreading. They still say it's wild birds. Let me tell you it's not wild birds. Now there's something really funny about this theory now uh, why don't you pick it apart for people that don't understand the public health and in vectoring of d- disease, the migration patterns, except for a few minor exceptions, where they're in a slant like in Alaska and across the arc between Nova Scotia and uh, Greenland, Iceland, and, and toward uh, northern Norway and Finland. Uh, those minor exceptions, and those are take a long time. Uh, almost all migration on the earth is just north south because of the weather. And uh, this idea it's wild birds doesn't make sense, does it? Exactly. Uh, they and they don't even uh, cross migration boundaries. I mean, each each species of birds flies its own migration route, and it's not going to jump into another route because it knows where it wants to go. It knows right. how to survive. It's yeah. learned that over centuries of flying. Right. So um, when they do say that it is a different <laughs> variety here than in China. Uh, The one in China is killing people. About uh, 30 or 40 percent of those that end up in the hospital die. And the 
But here in the United States, so far we don't know of anybody who has caught it. Uh, these are commercial flocks for the most part. And um, the fact that it started out in Tennessee and went to three um, commercial operations there and then went into Kentucky and then now it's in Alabama. So uh, it's... Uh, uh, Tennessee is uh, is the place where it started, and uh, what they did was they set up a seven mile radius exclusion zone, which meant or a quarantine zone, and they went around and they talked to all the farmers and they looked at their herds, herds at <laughs> their flocks, and uh, determined that. Uh, then they decided uh, when the second case, uh, commercial case, occurred in in. Uh, Tennessee, and it was about 70 miles west of the first case, and it was turkeys instead of chickens. Uh-huh. And they uh, increased the quarantine zone to seven mi- to 10 miles radius. And uh, personally, if I'd seen that, I probably would have. <laughs> I probably would have put a 70 mile radius quarantine zone because we we know that. You know, it went from one farm to a farm that was uh, 70 miles away. Right. So why couldn't it have gone to all the farms in between? And you got a chart here, though. I, as soon as I hit that link, it shows up a chart. And I, I know we can explain it in this afternoon better when we actually look at it, but I'm looking at this yellow and green, uh, yellow and, and red panel chart that shows different states and colors and uh, reporting HPA1 and LPA1. And one's reporting both. And there's something that's concerning here. Tell me what, what this chart means and, and why is it important for the evolution of this avian H7N9 that's killing, you know, obviously they're calling birds like crazy now uh, because they know that if it ever combines with somebody, let's say, in a, in a chicken worker that has the flu, you make it a new recombinant that may be super dangerous. Um, what's going on? What is this? Well, yes. Uh, the first farm in Tennessee that was infected, uh, they knew it was infected because the birds started dying. I mean, that's a real easy way to tell that you've got a high path pathogenic, uh, for birds anyway. And they, uh, took about two weeks for them to say, they, they knew it was an H7. Right. But they really didn't want to put out that it was also a N9, which is the flu in China that's, uh, moved from, off from birds to humans. Now, this occurred in Tennessee about a month after the Chinese New Year, and we know that the migration of travelers to China is huge during the Chinese New Year period. And uh, people go back home, and they go to their ancestral home, which may be out in the country, or they may celebrate in a big city. But in any case, they're over there for probably... Well, however long they can afford, but probably at least a week. And then they go back to their home country. So we know that there were a lot of Chinese that went from the United States into China. And the health department did not contact those people as they came back into the country at the uh, at the uh, health stations that the airports are supposed to have, the international airports. But they could have because we did that with Ebola. And uh, essentially, they would ask everyone uh, if they had been to China uh, and were coming back to give them 
the name of the town where they were going to be and a phone number and then uh, also their local health department. And uh, so then the passenger would go on unless he had a fever or was breaking out in sores or something. <laughs> he was visibly contagious with something. And right. he would go on back home. But that uh, contact at the airport, that health station, would contact the local health department. And that local health department then would uh, would do a, uh, they would call them up every couple of days and say, are, are you sick? <laughs> do you feel sick? Is anybody around you sick? Are, you, are the birds around you dying? <laughs> you know, just to, I'm trying to make this a little funny, but no, yeah, they, yeah, exactly. they, they take this job very seriously. Right. Well, the administration didn't implement that. And so all of these people that came back from from China at the end of the Chinese New Year uh, were lost. And the first indication that we had H7N9 was on this uh, farm in Tennessee on the Alabama border, by the way. And right. it and uh, the birds died. And two weeks later, they, as they say, that it was H7N9. But not the H seven N nine that that was in China, right. and they keep talking about wild birds. People, wild birds do not migrate east and west or west to east. They just don't do it. They go north to south, and then they go south to north. <laughs> that's that's their migration pattern. And um, so they kept uh, in the news. They kept saying, "Well, that must have been." brought in by a wild bird. Well, maybe one of the travelers brought back a bird, but it would have had to go through quarantine. And I assume that the quarantine stations know that uh, some of these avian flus uh, don't kill the bird, and so they should have been testing it. Anyway, so my, my, my best guess is that somebody brought back the H7N9 from China on his shoes or clothes or Maybe even he had it and didn't show any symptoms. And uh, he, he, I think he probably visited that farm. And the uh, poultry on that chicken farm uh, may have picked up that H7N9 from, from China. But that H7N9 from China, and now you understand for the, for the ends, there's only nine different ends in bird flu. There's 16 H's in nine ends, which is convenient because that makes 25 combinations, or yeah, 29 um, uh, different H's and N's, uh, which is uh, less than one of the alphabets. So you can, you can use the alphabet to identify which ones you're talking about. So anyway, uh, I think that the local chickens picked it up, replaced the uh, seven N's, that uh, are in the H7N9 with the local chickens, H7N9, so that's seven, and they probably kept um, the uh, 1N that came from the wild bird in China and the 1N that came from, um, well, a lot of the, one of the, uh, there's a, in the local population of fowl over in China, there's a H3 or an N2, and uh, they probably kept that one. So I think we have a hybrid flu here in the United States, and we know that it can be highly pathogenic to chickens. 
it was not determined to be. So what they did was they went out and they started interviewing people and or interviewing farmers and the um, and then this farmer in uh, seventy miles away west of the first farm had turkeys and that were dying and so uh, but they declared that that was not a highly pathogenic uh, flu and because it didn't kill very many of the turkeys. So we have Tennessee that reports both the highly pathogenic, that means it kills a lot of chickens, and the low pathogenic, which means that it doesn't kill a lot of turkeys. But they did identify that the H7N9 had, had also affected that farm, that turkey farm. Well, then uh, it crossed the border. Of course, you know, these diseases, they don't know anything about political boundaries. But they crossed the border into Alabama. Right. And maybe Alabama, maybe they, were, uh, maybe they were smart enough to be testing their flocks. But in any case, they reported uh, LP, low pathogenic 8, 7, and 9. Now, what I would have done is that I would have gone around... And I, first I would have talked to the farmer who had to destroy all of his chickens. And, by the way, he provided chickens to Tyson. And uh, the uh, and I would have asked him first, did you have any visitors that had just come back from Chinese New Year? And then I would have gone around to uh, probably, I probably would have set up a 70-mile uh, <laughs> quarantine radius. But in any case, I would have gone around and asked anybody if they had come back from the Chinese New Year. And, you know, I bet you there were at least one. Maybe, maybe, maybe one, the owner had gone over there and come back. Or one of his workers had gone over to China and come back. You know, you just don't know unless you ask or unless you test. And right. so uh, they could have collected samples from anybody who admitted that they had been to the Chinese New Year, and I think that that is a more probable um, scenario for how the H7 and 9 uh, disease got into Tennessee. Yeah, I think it makes more sense what you're you're uh, proposing. The uh, thing right now, though, is you need to follow and start tracking <clears throat> where this is, uh, how it's spreading. There's, their current theory doesn't make sense. Uh, you wonder, are they sharing birds? Are they selling birds from one farm to another? You know, how is it spreading? Do they have workers that work at more than one farm? Do the people who are returning from China, are they Chinese returning from the Chinese New Year? Uh, there's a bunch of questions that could be asked. And they need to also track any genetic mi minor changes because if there's a new recombinant, this is flu season. If you have a worker that gets infected with the this avian variant flu, you, the person or the chickens could become a mixing vessel. So we could create new recombinants that could be much more dangerous. Uh, that's when, it, particularly when you have this convergence, that can happen, right? Well, that's right. When it goes into humans, like it did in China, and starts killing humans, then they call it a variant, and they put a small V. Because the H7 and 9 nomenclature only refers to poultry or to birds. And uh, it, that's the avian flu. And if it gets into humans, then it's a variant of the avian flu because we don't have the. Well, they just they talk about high path, pathogenicity and low pathogenicity based on how many birds are killed, 
But you don't have that in humans. We don't talk about something being highly pathogenic. Instead, what we say is that uh, someone is acutely ill or chronically ill or uh, something else. So they, they distinguish between the H7N9 that is in the foul, in the, uh, yeah, in the foul population, and if it's in the humans, then it gets a little V by it, and that's called variant. Right. And, uh, yeah. Now, where, where do you think this is going? Because I'm going to make a prediction that sometime this year, early next, it's going to decrease in pathogenicity, whether it's the Chinese or a new recombinant here, and it's going to increase in the infectivity, and when those two curves cross, you're going to have an explosion of cases. Well, I think we already have an explosion of cases. Yeah. Um, human cases end up in the ICU on a ventilator, or we have pandemic spread. Because uh, this is basically showing all the characteristics of a flu that's going to go pandemic, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the fact that mosquitoes are involved, uh, mayor, I mean, that was important in Puerto Rico. And we don't have the mosquito problems that Puerto Rico has. You know, we, we have a higher standard of living, and our people are taught to uh, have screens on their windows and doors and uh, not leave standing water. I mean, there's places where people go around and they they turn over any kind of receptacle that might have water in it. I mean, the, the health department does this because they know that it's so important to kill the mosquitoes. They've been looking for the mosquito that carried... That, <laughs> They carried um, Zika into, uh, let's see, Brownsville, and now it's in, um, I forget the name of the next town that it's in, McAllen. And uh, so somebody came down with Zika, and McAllen had no travel history, hadn't been in contact with anybody with a travel history, but they got bird flu. Well, uh, I mean Zika. So... So they, they're trying to find that that one mosquito that gave that person Zika. Yeah, well, it could be. The person could actually have arms, legs, eyes, and an attitude. Yes. In other words, a person. Right. In other words, sexually transmitted. Yes. Well, they don't think yeah. it was sexually transmitted. Or just yeah. transmitted in other ways, too. Maybe it's been transmitted by droplet spray. We don't know yet, do we? That's right. It exists in the saliva. It will remain on surfaces. Until yeah. the water is out of the saliva, um, you can get it by talking to somebody because when you talk, you're spitting, and we have uh, pictures of that. You're sneezing, coughing, and uh, sweat, and apparently tears. So, you know, somebody in McAllen, Texas, could have been exposed in any number of ways, and they need to find out uh, who the carrier was. Well, they're not even looking for a carrier. They're looking for the one mosquito that gave that person Zika. And, uh, you know, I, I just think the public health people could do a better job if they weren't so fo- focused on, on mosquitoes uh, because it's sexually transmitted. It's a sexually transmitted disease, yeah. and yet it's not on the STD list. Does it make sense, does it, Ed? You've made the, the best cases for that over the uh, months that we've been following this. We come back, we've got lots of stuff to cover, including uh, three parent babies and much, much more, the advanced nuclear forces, 
uh, everything, constitutional states, rights, Posse Comitatus Act, lots of things to cover back in a moment. Do you know what's in your body soap? Well, I didn't know the answer until about five years ago when I looked at the label of my soap and was shocked to see all the chemicals. For my entire life, I had been assaulting the largest organ of my body, my skin, and to think my children were using it too. Well, a lot has changed since then. Today, my family and I operate Stone City Farms, where we make and sell all natural goat milk soap using fresh goat milk from goats we raise on our farm. Our mission at Stone City Farm is to produce high-quality, all-natural goat milk soap for people who want a fresh, unrefined, natural product. At Stone City Farms, we offer scented and unscented soaps and a signature line of gift sets customizable to your needs. To see what our customers are saying, go to stonecityfarm.com. Use the code natural for a 20% discount. That's stonecityfarm.com code natural for 20% off your order. You never know what could be hiding in your soap. Do you know what's in your body soap? Well, I didn't know the answer until about five years ago when I looked at the label of my soap and was shocked to see all the chemicals. For my entire life, I had been assaulting the largest organ of my body, my skin, and to think my children were using it too. Well, a lot has changed since then. Today, my family and I operate Stone City Farms, where we make and sell all natural goat milk soap using fresh goat milk from goats we raise on our farm. Our mission at Stone City Farm is to produce high-quality, all-natural goat milk soap for people who want a fresh, unrefined, natural product. At Stone City Farms, we offer scented and unscented soaps and a signature line of gift sets customizable to your needs. To see what our customers are saying, go to stonecityfarm.com. Use the code natural for a 20% discount. That's stonecityfarm.com. Code natural for 20% off your order. You never know what could be hiding in your soap. Would odors, mold, and mildew describe your basement or crawl space? It doesn't have to be that way. Transform them into a fresh, healthy, usable one with a technologically advanced Wave Moisture Control Units. The computerized operation maximizes moisture control and also expels harmful radon, combustion gases, and numerous other pollutants. Dehumidifiers are old technology that do nothing for air quality and waste energy. Wave units are intelligent, self-monitoring, do not need maintenance, and will save you hundreds in electricity. Wave units are still running a Effectively over 15 years. They've been tested and installed in public and military housing and by property managers nationwide. Buy a unit now, and if your home is not fresher and drier, you can return it for a full refund for up to 12 months. What have you got to lose? Call now. 1-888-618-WAVE. 1-888-618-WAVE. Or visit MyDryHome.com. That's MyDryHome.com. Wave Home Solutions for a healthy, comfortable home. Yeah. 
to cover, so let's proceed. Well, let's talk about this chimera. Yeah, wow. This is really bad. All right, uh, Britain, uh, this year, could have the first three parent babies. And uh, there's several, there's two, at least two different ways that this is done. I'm just going to talk about one. Yeah. Uh, what happens is that they take the mother's egg, and if the mother has a faulty mitochondria, and the faulty mitochondria will give you diseases that cannot be cured. Uh, these are <laughs> these are mitochondrial diseases, and uh, usually they're devastating to the parents. So if the mother's egg, and the mitochondria is a part of the egg that carries some DNA. It's like the heartbeat of the cell, so to speak. Right. And um, so what they do is they take the mother's egg and they and they fertilize it with the uh, father's sperm in a uh, Petri dish. And then uh, what they do is they move the blastus, uh, what do they call it? The, well, the neonatal, the, the first part of the Yeah, but the, the blastocyst, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They they move that, and they take it uh, out of the petri dish, and they have a donated um, <clears throat> egg from a donor, and uh, what they but that person that woman has a, a healthy mitochondria, and uh, so they insert the fertilized egg from the mother into her. Uh, egg, it, and they take out uh, all the genes that uh, from that from the from the donor's egg, and then they reimplant that into the mother. Now, what this is supposed to do is <laughs> this is supposed to uh, cure diseases that cause that are caused by mitochondrial DNA. Uh, uh, because some of them aren't perfect. I mean, they, you know, they 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 have they yeah. have the baby. The resulting baby has genetic traits that are um, yeah mitochondrial traits, and they're pretty common too, and they're pretty devastating as well. Yeah. So, um, and uh, there, this has been done, I think, in China and Mexico already, but we don't know anything about the results of that. So, oh yeah, the first child to be conceived using uh, this technique was a boy born to Jordanian parents, and it, but it was carried out in a clinic in Mexico. Now, um, the levels of the mutant mitochondria are low, about 3 or 4%, so uh, they think that the defective mitochondria were remained at acceptable levels. That means that there's going to be some mitochondrial left from the mother. 
which is in the transfer process or some re residual mitochondria. Yes, and um, and so in Britain they hope to treat up to twenty-five women this year, and they think that they might have a baby born in the UK. Um, the problem is that sometimes, like Dr. Deagleson, the faulty mitochondria persists even after the procedure. So mm. some of the mother's mitochondria are still in the fertilized egg, or somehow. Interesting. Back in yeah. just a minute. Yes. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not, or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. If your home has hard water, then it's likely that LimeScale is clogging your pipes, damaging your appliances, costing you hundreds of dollars each year. You can eliminate LimeScale in the entire house with HydroCare products available at Wave Home Solutions. Easy and efficient with no maintenance, no salts, no chemicals, and no coils. And you can buy with confidence from Wave Home Solutions. Performance guaranteed. Just go to bestwater411.com. That's bestwater411.com. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. It's time for you to have your own custom smartphone app for your business and pay way less than you can imagine. Introducing the I Can Get To Silent Salesman mobile marketing app, a global mobile marketing and communication tool for your business. Go to appsapart.com and learn how you could earn up to $36,351 or more per month just by inviting two people or less into a $14.95 per month program. Go to appsapart.com and be sure to watch the video at the top of the site and listen to the audio message from the CEO near the bottom. This is something you won't want to miss. Go to appsapart.com now or call 646-860-9540. That's 646-860-9540. 
Get the I can get too. That's I C A N G E T, the number two, silent salesman app at appsapart.com. That's A P P S A P A R T.com. Without the right accessories, any guy can be off the mark. Whether you've invested thousands in your arsenal or you own a single trusted firearm, a visit to aroutfitting.com is in order. It's one of the finest online selections of tactical optics and AR parts and add ons, like EOTech. Quick target acquisition with no peripheral loss. Browse the full range of Nikon scopes and binoculars. Airoutfitting.com can illuminate your world with streamlight gun-mounted lights from keychain to large handhelds up to 1,100 lumens. Find some stability with Battenfield tactical bipods. Airoutfitting.com has CMMG gun parts, barrels, assemblies, handguards, part kits, and more. Plus magful clips and magazines. I know I've got you excited, so take a breath, head to aroutfitting.com. The site's super easy to navigate and features a ton of technical info, including links to manuals. We also welcome vendor and manufacturer inquiries. Remember, if you don't see it, we can get it at aroutfitting.com. Obviously, a percentage of the mitochondrial DNA may persist, but in that same conference, which I think is in Britain in 2015, just a little over a year ago, they were talking about the idea that not only would they have three-parent babies, but they could have up to 34-parent babies where they pull out individual chromosomes. And eventually, they'll probably clean up this idea of how to completely make sure that there's only the parent's allele DNA. And uh, I've also just got a report a few months ago that apparently they can do a punch biopsy of your forearm, male or female, and they can make either egg or sperm from that without ever having to even do a deep body, you know, from your gametes, from your sperm or egg. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the the era of the of the genetically engineers, you know, I call Lego version of humans, uh, including the idea of inserting genes horizontally from different. It's called transverse or horizontal insertion of DNA from different violent species like the actin myosin of jackals, the reflexes of a jaguar, uh, the uh, sight of an eagle, and the ability to uh, go without sleep or food for a week, I mean, is a very real possibility. And the creative transgenic superhumans that would be connected to a battlefield matrix, like some kind of video game, is not far off now. You know, people need to understand when Dr. Poindexter, General Poindexter, uh, admitted to a congressional committee in the late 90s that they actually got rid of a bunch of these so-called bad experiments. I took care of one gentleman who, I think in his late 20s, early 30s, he actually put on more than 6 inches in height and 100 pounds in weight, muscle mass, and his colleagues, many of them got serious physical illnesses after they were experimenting on with these epigenetic uh, gene therapies, and uh, they committed suicide or they developed horrifying illnesses. You know, like it's like the Isle of Dr. Moreau. So people think well, this is all good. Well, it's one good thing to kind of get rid of a mitochondrial illness, but it's another thing. This is the you know this is Pandora's box genetically, isn't it? 
Well, it is. And uh, morally, we would have to say it was wrong. And I think ethically it's wrong. Um, we have, they're testing on humans. They're, you know, they have not perfected this. Like you said, uh, uh, if they have problems, then they'll just destroy them. Well, you can't well, just destroy a human. Well, they haven't listened to this, though. Although we have PETA and other rules against experimenting on animals, do you know there's no rules against experimenting on human embryos? So a lot of these discarded embryos, the drug companies want to experiment on with drug therapies using gene probes and other technologies. So rather than having a full-blown organism, they can just test on the embryo. And uh, you can grow an embryo, and they were able to do this at George Washington University and University in Italy since the 70s. They can grow fetuses. The problem is they're always hit by this wall at 20 weeks called the week of viability, which... Uh, Basically, Senator Graham talked about that he wants to introduce a bill once we get Gorsuch in that stops all abortion because abortions in America are one of seven nations that allow abortion up to the moment of delivery. Now, Hitler, Rotten Clinton, the Hildebeest, literally tried to defend the idea of abortion up to the moment of delivery because it's, quote, a woman's right to control her body. The fact is that the fetus is genetically distinct from the moment of conception, and the danger we have is we don't treat that as sacrosanct, and we talk about the idea of just fixing illnesses, is kind of something we have to have really close committees on. You could have transgenic hum superhumans, or they could eliminate specific gene complexes, make you resist tyranny in a super state or a police state. For example, they can do a vaccine against the NMDA receptor, and they can actually turn off your ability to resist tyranny. That's available right now. DARPA's developed it. That's been over 8 or 10 years ago. So people need to understand when we see this on the surface, what's really going on behind the scenes is decades ahead more advanced than this. You're just seeing the epiphenomena at open clinics like this one in Mexico to treat, treat this Jordanian child. And, of course, because they're experimenting, they're going to have some wonderful positive things, just like the Japanese. And, the most, by the way, the most advanced in this in terms of creating artificial, genetically upgraded, and lab-grown humans are the Japanese. The next most advanced are the Chinese, and they have a giant facility outside Beijing where they're growing a lot. But people need to know the most advanced for years have been people in Italy, in North Italy, and in America, at George Washington University and at DARPA, and these weird projects. You need to know we've been doing this now for five decades. This is not something new. And the science is probably a lot more advanced than either you or I want to know about. It's probably pretty damned ugly and scary looking. And when you start doing transgenes, you know, Zootopia, we think where animals start to speak and we can transgenically transfer gene complexes, isn't far off. I mean, the idea of what it is to be a human being, they're now trying to give personhood to robots, I think in I think in Britain, so they can tax them. They're trying to give personhood in what, what state was it, I think, here, where they want to give personhood, I think it's in New York State, to chimpanzees to make them persons. Uh, some of this stuff gets uh, pretty iffy, doesn't it? Well, I uh, listened to the, to the uh, interview with the... Uh, uh, Congress is where the Senate is uh, interviewing Gorsuch, and he said that the law is clear that in, for uh, purposes, the 14th Amendment has decided that uh, the 14th Amendment does not apply to someone who hasn't been born uh, as far as being a person. And yeah, so you know, I don't think he's, he's not going to change that. Uh, well, let, let me give you an alternative view on that. And I talked to Fred Graves, who's talked to most of the members at the time in the last 10 years, 20 years, to the Supreme Court, personally. 
And what he said when he talked about uh, the Roe versus Wade is that the fact if, if you have in rights of inheritorship, and there's actually a uh, husband of a uh, Hollywood star, and she and her husband broke up, but they actually named these embryos, and they've already been fertilized, and they're sitting in stasis. And they, these, these girl embryos have a name, and they actually have an inheritable sum of money in their name, but they can't get it until they're born. So the fact is you have right of inheritorship, and even in Canada there have been lawsuits where a murderer kills a mother and a baby, at no matter what stage, 12 weeks, 8 weeks, whatever, and they're charged with a double crime of killing the mother and the baby. You can't kill an embryo that has no rights, and you can't kill someone who doesn't have rights of inheritorship or a legal right to property. If you have a legal right to property, it means you must be a person legally. So when Gorshit says this, obviously he hasn't examined the law closely enough, because I've talked to experts for decades, including legal experts up to the Supreme Court in Canada and elsewhere. And the fact is, if you have rights of inheritorship, you're a person legally. And the problem is, unless we kind of tighten those, those strictures up, just like uh, Graham said at the committee meetings the other day for Gorsuch, he said he's going to introduce a bill that puts abortion stops at 20 weeks because he doesn't want to have excruciating pain to the fetus. The fact is, the developed nervous system occurs at 6 weeks, not at 20. And the fact is that most abortions are done at the time when babies literally plant with their toes, sucking their thumb, or whatever. They're fully aware and jumping and bouncing around inside of there. So when people try to say those things, that's why 78% of women who even are scheduled for an abortion, if they have an ultrasound done, even if, no matter what their religious background, they don't do the abortion because they can see it's a baby. It's not a lump of tissues. It's not their body. It's a separate person. The problem is, unless we tighten this up, it won't be surprising at all if somebody says, hey, you know, I'm in Brazil. I want to have, you know, the genes from a gazelle in my child. Or I'm going to have a pet with transgenic genes so the, the pet can literally speak and have a voice box. Okay, so they're doing this now. They're growing organs like even ears on the backs of mice. So people don't realize that unless a legal framework is set up here, the idea of what it is to be truly human will be gone. And it'll be gone in a generation. Now, at the same time, human beings are becoming more sterile. The sperm count and levels of hormones is half or less what it was in the 1950s. So one quarter of all young couples that have no diseases whatsoever, including pelvic inflammatory disease, are functionally sterile. So unless they get uh, fertility augmentation therapy, including concentrating sperm or injection of the sperm in the, uh, in the os or com combination of the lab and then implantation of the embryo in a woman, there's no way those people can get pregnant. And I know because I took care of a lot of these people and assisted people in trying to get pregnant for years using these advanced fertility technologies that have been available for decades. So these technologies are going to advance, and the real danger is that they'll advance to the point where the government decides to take over reproduction because there's so many fetal defects from things like Fukushima, genetically modified food, which is screwing up our genetics. They continue radiation from Fukushima Daiichi, which is not only hitting Japan, but we're in the tailpipe of it. A generation from now, 20 years from now, the accumulated radiation may have some very serious mitochondrial and other defects because mitochondrial DNA is 30 times more likely to be mutated by low-level radiation, say from Fukushima Daiichi and tritium, etc., that causes what's called a DNA codon slip, because uh, it's a DNA intercalator. It slides the DNA codons one base pair. So, I don't think people know this, and of course, the scientists aren't going to give them the big picture of this is where it's going. And in a decade or dec two decades can go by pretty dang fast. So, the people are not ready for this at all, are they? 
I mean, well, I don't Graham know that the people aren't ready. The people are ready. Well, I give you an it's example. Gray mentioned that even the, the the border that you know, what's the border in twenty twenty two, which is just you know uh, five years from now, where fetal viability might be twelve weeks. If we're going to put the gas standard as fetal viability, to be honest with you, once you get down to a certain stage, it's very easy to grow a fetus in an artificial uterus or even transplant it to another human or animal. You might have women that are basically surrogate mothers that after the sixth week of pregnancy, they can become the surrogate mom and grow the baby to a full term or put them in an animal fetus or an artificial laboratory, artificial uteri that they've grown from cell cultures. You know, people say, well, they well, can't do that. Well, I don't think that... It's not as easy as that. They have to give hormones to the surrogate, and uh, it's not as. And so then she becomes attached to the baby because she carries it all that time. You know, none of these things are easy. No, no, nothing. None I mean, of it easy, sounds it's, easy. Yeah, I, I think that what you're looking at is you're looking at it as a process. Well, it's, it's not easy, not but it's doable. Let's put it this way: I've seen women. There's no way they could get pregnant except with an embryo implant. And in no way we accept hormone replacement, but all these are steps that the, the art and science of medicine is advancing at an enormous pay, pace, a pace that basically the ethics isn't keeping up with it, neither are religions. I talk to people who call themselves Christians, and they support abortion. I can't see how a Christian can support abortion at any stage. I also don't see how anybody thinks that for even if you're pro-life, that abortion of children with Down syndrome is acceptable. There's a lot of Christians in these so-called European countries like in Norway, there hasn't been a child born with Down syndrome in over 10, 10 years. There are no Down syndrome children born in Norway anymore. They don't exist. And as this happens, they can eliminate specific gene complexes. They can eliminate certain patterns of behavior if they don't want to see certain behaviors. Maybe they see criminal complexes genes they can find in you know people that have criminal activity like the monoamine oxidase 1 gene or the gene for tryptophan packaging in your synapses. Uh, I don't think people realize that, uh, you know, they could literally breed for a new species of humans that's more congenial to the global superstate. And, well, it's, and although study. it's difficult, it's, although it's difficult, I expect that the powers that be, no matter how many billions of trillions of dollars they have to spend in it, they'll do it. They did a study of uh, people who were incarcerated, and what they found was that it wasn't their genes; it was their personality. They were 90% composed of SJ type, uh, SP, sorry, not SJ, SP um, personality type, which is, is a, yeah. oh, SP is yeah. a sensing, perceptive person. 90% of the people inside the bar, inside jails, uh, criminals, 90% of them had the SP personality type. Now, I'm willing to bet if you were cross-correlating that with organic acids and metabolites, like I knew Alex shows 37 years ago I went to his clinic in uh, Washington State where he was doing research at the uh, uh, Biosocial Research Institute, and he was a Ph.D. biochemist as well as a criminologist. And they discovered the hair manganese levels was really high, and then they also looked at brain activity of the amygdala. And now with deep brain studies and PET scans and so on and organic acids, we're starting to tease out exactly what makes the criminal mind. And it's, and it's not just the external personality. I'm sure it's tied to specific genes, both mitochondrial and non-mitochondrial, like the monoamine oxidase gene, which is a mitochondrial DNA, but also specific brain nuclei. Maybe they've got heavy metals. Maybe they're vaccinated. Maybe uh, certain dietary deficiencies create an environment that creates 
increased activity of the reptilian parts of the brain and decreases frontal lobe activity and myelination so they don't have what we call executive functions. But the, the thing that I, I like to do is ask enough questions because I feel the pathway to wisdom is to ask enough questions you feel really stupid. You really realize we know very little. And in fact, when you ask good questions, whether it's H7 and 9 or Zika virus, you realize if we don't have the answers and we've got a few of the, uh, 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 to the, all these questions, but we have a few answers that even the so-called authorities haven't apprehended, you realize we're in a really big trouble. And uh, I, I'm concerned about this because I don't think that our medical societies and our religious groups are approaching this at all logically. They don't realize that the idea of transgenic humans or animals or people that are literally created from like Lego block kind of people from 34 different parents where they take the entire human genome and just kind of snap genes together and create a new fetus right out of de novo. Uh, this is like build your own human. Hey, I want a chromosome 6. This is a really top quality one from this elite athlete in the Olympics. Uh, literally, DNA can become like a super valuable commodity where, hey, I want a chromosome 6 from such and such a super genius, you know, because we found these certain gene complexes increase the chances of an IQ over 150. And people say that can't happen. Absolutely can happen. In fact, did you know, you may not know this, but it costs you 100 bucks right now because it reduced the price with 23andMe, but did you know your data is being sold to gene companies and to DARPA and everybody else, drug companies for drug development? I've seen it as a plot of a movie. Yeah, well, actually, they're selling data like crazy. I mean, they're doing fantastic financially because the database that they've built is so huge now, and they're getting cross-correlation where people are sending their medical records and interacting, saying, this is my health problems, this is how I'm doing. And they're feeding back to people and trying to get more information because as you expand this database, just like AI, like Watson, it's getting smarter and smarter. And this database indicates that they can feed this back to drug companies and say, hey, we found 84.5% of the time if we found people with this gene complex are likely to get a chronic lung disease or heart failure. Or 90% of the time we see this combination of gene complexes in two different chromosomes, they're likely to have an IQ over 140. I mean, literally, they they will be able to start constructing human beings like Lego blocks. And we're not talking about decades now, we're talking about literally years, maximum years. Because when they said announced this a year and a half ago in Britain, we're literally talking about something that is, if they're talking about it publicly, it means somebody somewhere is messing around and there's very little restraints in some countries, let's say Brazil or Mexico or other countries. So they're going to get groups of scientists, many of them may be trained in the West like America or Europe, and they're going to go to a place where nobody's going to look over their shoulder and say, you're not going to do that, are you? <laughs> and they are. <laughs> I guess we need to watch that movie, The Boys from Brazil. Yeah, yeah, well, that's just uh, that's a pretty good uh, foresight of where things are going. And they even tried to create the stressful situations. They created Adolf Hitler to try to see if they could create the personality and everything. We are the American Freedom Party. This is the most urgent time in the history of Western civilization. In the year 1900, white people of European descent comprised 35% of the world population. Today it is less than 9% and falling fast. Europe is being overrun with Middle Eastern immigrants, and America's founding stock is rapidly being replaced with third world peoples from around the globe. For the last 50 years, every influential institution in this nation, our schools and universities, our media, our churches and our employers, 
have promoted policies and principles that teach whites to be ashamed of their great heritage and birthright. We, who in the 1950s, the 1960s, and 1970s were the world's dominant force, are now so afraid of being called racist that we were quailing towards irrelevance and extinction. Join the American Freedom Party today. Reach us at theamericanfreedomparty.us or call us at 701-317-5317. Paid for by the American Freedom Party. PatriotPrepared.com carries the leading brands of storable food from Numana, Legacy, and Heaven's Harvest. Patriot Prepared. Our name says it all. We're dedicated to empowering you to be self-reliant and confident in any circumstance. Whether you want to be prepared in the event of an emergency or you're an outdoor sports enthusiast, PatriotPrepared.com has prepackaged meals and kits for your entire family. Legacy, Heaven's Harvest, and Numana are known for high-quality, great-tasting GMO free nutritious food with no chemical preservatives simple to prepare easy to store gluten-free and organic high quality nutrition options with a 25 year shelf life you can't beat the feeling of being food secure when you need it most so go to patriotprepared.com right now to pick up your supply of high quality storable food for your family because it makes good sense to be prepared that's patriotprepared.com do you have difficulty taking supplements? Are you searching for a high-quality, complete nutritional drink that your whole family will love? Nutramedical's Life Support has arrived. All of your daily nutritional requirements in one quick, delicious drink. Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support is a proprietary blend of vegan protein, activated vitamins, essential minerals, amino acids, probiotics, green tea, digestive enzymes, anti-inflammatories, cancer prevention, detoxification, and much more. Your body will high-five you for this one. Life Support is the best complete nutritional meal replacement on the market. Whether you are an elite athlete, have post-operative challenges, chronic illness, elderly, or a family that just wants a quick, delicious drink, try Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support for optimized nutrition in one great-tasting smoothie. Just add cold water, almond milk, fruit, or anything else you like. Nutramedical's Life Support. Try our great-tasting chocolate or vanilla today. Call 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Nutramedical.com for the whole family. Maybe one more topic or so, and then we're going to do a, a video tomorrow, but we'll probably cover more. Uh, th- people don't realize just how important uh, your blog is, Twilight, and the information you bring forward, and a platform for us to expand this to the public, because to be honest with you, they're not going to hear what we talk about on any other radio show, or television show, or news blog, or YouTube, anywhere on the planet Earth. This is it. 
And if they don't get this information, including regulatory authorities and scientists and, and philosophers, they're going to be lost in the woods because they really don't have the scientific basis to start even planning or doing the logistics to figure out what the heck is going to happen, whether it's climate change or genetic engineering or the evolution of a super pandemic, which is coming. Uh, so what next? I want to talk about something completely unrelated. I want to talk about the Posse Comitatus Act. And yes. <clears throat> what this is is that soldiers, Department of Defense people, can't uh, operate within the United States. There will be no right. boots on the ground in the United States. Well, in uh, Orange County, California, which is very close to where you are. Oh, yeah. It's just a, a stone's throw away. Literally 12 miles north of here uh, on the other side of Panama Marine Corps Base is... Orange County. Right. And those are probably the Marines that are being used. Right. The EPA has, now the EPA, you know, is civil government. Right. It's out of the executive branch. Has asked the Marines to blow up dams because they want to rewild Orange County. And that's going to be a term that people are going to have to learn. They want to rewild uh, the countryside so that we don't have um, uh, plants that are invasive. So the U.S. Marines have started blowing up 10 dams in Orange County is in that, the midst of an ongoing does that, make, does that make sense to you? Because I know that Orange County is one of the ones that does a lot of recycling of water. And we've even seen analysis of some of that water, which contains doping agents for microchip plants, uh, birth control pill, cardiac drugs, and chemotherapy. And somehow, and this is another crazy thing, they have these RO membrane systems they say are going to pull the toxins when we know RO is not going to do 100%. If you don't have an ion exchange resin and a linear charcoal in addition, you're not going to pull out all these toxins at all. And putting it up over the top of a stream and rewilding it because you blew all the dams and make it bubble over 10 or 12 or 20 miles of streams so it looks pristine doesn't make it clean. Pristine is not clean. That would be my next term. Pristine is not clean. So I don't know what these maniacs are doing, but it doesn't make sense to me. Well, they say they have free reign to implement rewilding on federal lands. Now, I don't believe them. I don't think yeah. they do. I don't and think so either. I don't think they can do it not only federal lands. Doesn't the federal government have some input in here as well? And even the rights of people in the state to say, hey, what are you doing? Do well, people, drink right. the wa people drink the water. I mean, is it going to release natural toxins too in the water by blowing these dams i mean people don't understand that did the uh did the state ask them to do this yeah i don't know this is a wacky state honestly i love living in california but man the government here is nuts okay they are nuts well this thank is, you dr bill deagle you did a great job today you did a fantastic job of uh, so many articles and issues we're going to talk about this more tomorrow we do our video live stream simulcast Imagine a pill that can improve your focus, your memory, your sleep. A catalyst to improve your brain chemistry. Dr. Bill's Cognition Plus is truly the smarter in an hour pill. 
A combination of amino acids, trace minerals, and B vitamins, Cognition Plus is made with specialized herbal extracts that will enhance and support brain function. Our customers say, I feel more focused. My memory's getting better. I can work longer with more useful hours. Power up your neurotransmitters that have been depleted, like dopamine and norepinephrine. Simulate the release of others, like serotonin and oxytocin. Improve circulation and energy production. Protect your mind and your loved ones today. Order Dr. Bill Deagle's Cognition Plus at 888-212-8871 or go online to NutriMedical.com. That's 888-212-8871 or NutriMedical.com. This is Dr. Bill Deagle of the NutriMedical Report, 12 to 3, Monday to Friday. Call-ins are welcome to the show. You can order at 888-212-8871 or com. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. <laughs> 